Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have an amazing guest. You may have seen her on Broadway in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Finding Netherland, or you might know her from her role as Celia on ABC's new sitcom, Call Your Mother. But she's here today because I have been told she has an incredible tie to Cats the Musical due to an infamous audition. So welcome, Emma Camares, and thank you for joining me. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. Now, we will get to this audition because one of your very good friends told me about this audition and I want to hear it directly from you. But before we do that, I always love to hear about your just history with cats. So pre-audition, like how many times had you seen it? Had you seen it at all? Like what was your relationship to the show? So, okay, I got to I got to come clean. I I don't know much about cats. And, you know, I, I've seen the Broadway show. I saw the revival with Colin, you know, I saw, Mm -hmm. I saw it live. The first time I saw it was on a VHS tape from the public library. (laughs) I believe in the year 2001, it was for middle school. Three years after the, the VHS came out. Yes, three years after the VHS came out, I knew that. Um, I rented it from the public library because I went to an art school and I had to do like a, I think it was a report or something with dance history. And I was like, okay, I'll watch the musical Cats. And I watched it on VHS and I was thoroughly confused and amused and entertained and I was like what is I have no idea what's happening but I want to do that that looks like a lot of fun so what grade was that that was like sixth or seventh grade sixth or seventh. so junior high-ish junior high so, okay so that's not like super young I have a very big thing I don't like that that a lot of kids go see the show I think it's too dark and scary for really? children um yeah but the, wow. the VHS isn't that bad because it's more of a movie setting it's not yeah it was a movie I just was a little confused you know it, it's it's the type of thing, like I watched Labyrinth when I was a kid and I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I watched it as an adult and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I feel like it's in the same vein. I, it, yeah, I mean. Of the cult, you know? It is. It is. It's so interesting because I, you know, I'm not, not a dancer, not a singer, not at all related to the Broadway community besides now because of this podcast. And so I never had that, like, go see the movie. I didn't know that there was a VHS until after i saw the revival and someone was like oh you should go watch that version there's a you know a 1998 dvd or vhs wherever you can find which is really what's up on youtube so it's like oh you can just watch pieces of it on youtube and i it was just so new to me so every time i've heard you're you're not the first person that's done some like substitute teacher brought it in and showed it or junior high project but that's just fascinating to me because that's just not at all what my junior high school would have yeah asked i went to an art school. i grew up in la you know yeah i grew up in indiana so it's well, very very different <laughs> um 
So, okay. So you saw that, you saw that. And, and did you like, what was your take when you saw it? So you said you were confused, but did I was you? I so confused. Okay. So, so you, that's junior high you, and you've kind of like probably blocked it out for the rest of your life until, yeah, I mean, until I, when? I, I mean, I, 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 I remember really enjoying it because I was a dancer, you know, I was, I, I was a really serious dancer still, you know, still am, but now I'm acting more, but I was, I was like, I want to do something like that. Like that looks amazing. Like I remember it making a good impression that I was mm-hmm. like, Whoa, what is this insanity? I want to be a cat. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it and then life happened. Um, you know, boring, boring, boring life, life, life. And then cats popped up in my life again. Um, when I was in finding Neverland. And it was all this, it was like the hottest buzz, backstage buzz. It was like, oh my God, did you hear? Cats is coming back to Broadway. <gasps> oh my God, did you hear? Like Andy Blank can do it. Like it was like the number one hot goss of backstage of Broadway. So this is now what, 2015-ish? This is 2015, 2016. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. So and you are on Broadway. On Broadway. And you're just, it's every, everything is, everyone's talking everything about. Everything is happening. Broadway is happening. Cats is coming to town. We can't believe it. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be in this show. I was determined because I also, Finding Neverland was my debut. We had been, I had done the out of town, I had done the workshop, the out of town run. And then we were like in the thick of the run when Cats was like, starting to buzz about like people are starting to get auditions. So I was like, Oh, I am so ready. This is going to be my second show. I am doing it. Like, I can't wait to dance in a unitard. Like, let's go. I was very excited. And then and this is what leads to this, this infamous audition. So how did you land the audition? You know, it's just, I don't, you're okay. I, I know nothing about this world. So this is like, it's so it's it's well, all I'm foreign here to it's teach you. Yes. So you so your agent lands you the audition, you're ready to go. Yeah, and I remember she landed me on the audition and I was backstage um in like the on the on stage left was where like the boys hung out of in the backstage of Finding Neverland and it was Colin or and uh, some of our other boys. And we would always have our little tea time, you know, I'd walk over there and talk to them. And I remember talking to them and I was like, you guys, I think, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to buy a white unitard for this, for this audition. Like, what do you think? And they were like, go for it, do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like, I don't care. Can I curse on this? On this Absolutely. Podcast? I was like, whatever. I'm going to fucking buy a fucking white fucking unitard. That was verbatim what I said. So I remember going to the Capizio store on Broadway, I believe in 50th Street. I went to the Capizio store. I like tried on a long sleeved white unitard that is just a touch translucent. And I took a photo of myself for my agent. And I took and I sent it to her. I was like, this is what I'm wearing for the Cats audition. And she was like, I love it. Great. Everybody was just gassing me up. Everybody was like, yes, this is such a good idea, Emma. Live your dreams. And I was like, great. I'm amazing. I'm going to kill this. And I do have to, I do have to give you some context of like my training as a dancer. Like if I was like a, 
like a tap dancer or a hip hop dancer or just like a theater jazz dancer, I would not have done this. I, cause I have a lot of, like, I have ballet and contemporary ballet training. So the only reason I had so much confidence in myself was because I have the technique to back it up. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have the technique to back it up, I wouldn't be so up my own ass about all of this, you know, cause you have to, you have to know when you can be an asshole. You know what I mean? Like yes. If, I mean, you're, you're qualified for I'm this qualified. role and there's not a big population of people qualified probably yeah. for, for this. I was like, I, I have the technique, so I'm going to be an asshole. So I was like, I can, I have the chops to back it up. So I feel confident enough to walk into this audition with a long sleeve white unitard. And that wasn't to say that I was like, I am going to be Victoria. That wasn't my goal, actually. And nobody knows this. This is exclusive intel. My goal was not to be Victoria. It just was to be an asshole and to be just like to wear a white unitard. Because I was like, why not? I'm bored. Let's have some fun. Because we only got one life to live. So I was like, I have really good ballet technique. I'm going to slay this audition. I'm going to wear a white unitard. So I buy the unitard. I show it to the boys backstage. They were like, this is phenomenal. Live your dreams. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to like kick it up a notch. And I had just bought this, uh, you know, like onesies, like the animal onesies that everybody Mm -hmm. loves. I bought, I had just bought a tiger onesie from Target. So I was like, I'm going to wear my tiger onesie over my white unitard during the warm-up so I did that so I walked into the audition room like because there was a a warm-up room and then like the real room where we went into audition so I walked into the warm-up room with a tiger onesie with the hood up with the ears and everything and I just stood there and then I just slowly unzipped and revealed my white unitard and what was the reaction I had some friends in the room because I knew that I was going to know everybody. So people were just like laughing and shaking their head. And I just started warming up and I was like, let's go, let's do this. So you pretty much know most of this room. Like it's not, yeah. not a huge world that you're in. And so how many people in that room knew you were going to do that? And how many Nobody. people saw the tiger? Oh, so no one knew. So you, you come in with tiger outfit and onesie mm-hmm. and all. And just, and my, I had a high bun. It was, I looked gorgeous. It was amazing. Just I come amazing. in, make a statement. Yeah, and my body looked good because I was on Broadway. I was like doing eight shows a week. So I was like, great, let's do this. I was 25. Yeah. Now, how many, I guess this is where I just don't know enough about the, the world. How many other auditions have you ever dressed up for? None? Like, Is this like common? Mm, is this? It's pretty common. It depends. Because this isn't also you have to understand that that is not dressing up for me. That's just that's just being a little bit pointed and highlighted because I'm still wearing like proper dance attire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. okay. so this was not a costume for me. I was just just wearing a very flashy, you know, dance attire outfit i just was being an asshole (laughs) got it okay 
I, you know, I'm trying to, so I'm trying to translate into my world, which is, is, is worthless because most of the people listening to this don't, are, aren't more me. They're more Broadway people, but I grew up playing hockey nice. and, and I like think of the, now I still, still play. And, you know, at this point when you're playing just beer leagues or adult leagues, you know, it's like, it's for fun. But every once in a while, someone shows up with like the, the face, like shield yes. that's like reflective that's yeah. or something. And it's just like. You've got to be really good yes, to wear that exactly. in this game and not be made fun of that's or not exactly. be just ridiculed the whole time. Yeah. And so that's what it sounds like you did. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is still kind of like, quote unquote, your equipment. Yeah. It's still but the normal in, equipment, but it was a reflective mask. I feel like I need to get a tiger onesie to wear to a game one time and just yes. like to the locker room. I think you should. And I then, okay. So you didn't like go full the cat's makeup and everything. No, 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 no. Like, I didn't have leg warmers or arm warmers or any of that shit. No, I just was in a clean, long sleeved white unitard. No leg warmers, no nothing, just a unitard. My hair was up in a high bun and I had like a cat eye eyeliner because I always wear cat eye eyeliner for auditions. And what was the reaction to the actual audition? Not the other people in the warm-up room, but like, mm. was it recognized that there was this kind of like, I, I don't know what the, the term is, but like you kind of came in guns blazing a little oh, bit. Oh, I did. I did. And people were, and they were like, they looked at me and they just laughed and shook their head and they were just like, work, go, like live your dreams. They knew, they know that I'm, uh, that I was a concert dancer before Broadway. They knew that I, I, I danced in companies and that I was, that I had strong ballet technique. So they looked at me like they laughed at first, like, Oh, I can't like, of course you did this Emma. Cause you're so extra. And like kind of rolled their eyes, but they were like, go, go kill that audition. Cause they knew I could, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like one of my, like, uh, one of my friends, Kurt, he's like phenomenal. He was in New York city ballet. And then he, he, we did the, the workshop of American in Paris together. And we were in the, the same, the same group. And I think I went last. I went, I was in the last group and he like, what did he say? He was like, He's like, oh, like everybody's been waiting for this. Like, you know, Emma's going up now. Like everybody's waiting and it was funny, like I, and I really killed it. I re I remember being like, I was so on my leg. I was so like everything I was perform. It was like, it was one of the best auditions that I've ever had. And you went in even knowing that you really didn't almost didn't even really want the the role. You wanted no. to go in and deliver. I just wanted to deliver and I wanted any role possible. I just wanted, I just wanted to be in the show. I just wanted mm -hmm. to dance. In general, I just wanted to dance um, because I had been doing the same show for a couple of years already. So I just wanted something new. So I wasn't, I wasn't like Victoria or nothing. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to make a statement and I wanted to have fun. And everybody was taking it so seriously. You have to understand that like the way that Broadway people like, talk and think about Broadway and refer to Broadway is as though we are doing heart surgery and is as though like somebody's life depends on it. And I am not 
I never, I was always of the dance world and I always was into film. So I never was a big Broadway person. So every time I would come into Broadway, I like at Broadway circles and communities, I would just kind of be like, you know, but it's not that big of a deal. And I would always get a lot of shit for saying that. Cause I'm like, whatever, it's just broad. It's a musical. Who cares? It's not heart surgery. The people are like, how dare you? It's Broadway. It's cats. So that was kind of the sentiment behind it was that I was like, you know, we're not doing heart surgery. It's just a musical. Like everybody calm down. Let's have some fun. Because it's all, if we're not having fun, then why are we doing this at all? We should be having fun. This is amazing. Like we, one of the original cast members was at our audition, teaching our audition. Like that is history. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And I was like, this should be fun. But also you need to kill it. Like if you're going to walk in with a white unitard and a tiger onesie, you have to have the chop. So that was my whole thing. That's, I mean, it's so fun to, to kind of think about it. It's refreshing to hear that because I, being someone who's not really part of the community by any means, um, you know, I, I have a whole show devoted to just why I think the, the story was written wrong. That's that's the premise of the show. And it is like I go when I see, and you know, living in New York, I, I see a lot of them now. I get to go and I like, I'm very grateful to be able to go see Broadway. But I usually walk out and I'm just like, oh, that was good or that was, that was, yeah, that was good. It's not life or death. But I, because I don't know anything else about, the rest. I, I was like, Oh, that singing sounded great. Or that dancing looked really hard. I can't do that, but I can't do, I couldn't do the most basic of, of TikTok dances, let alone oh, like Broadway on. dancing. And so it's like, it is an, an, an interesting piece to hear like from you. That is like, it's, it's fun. Let's have fun. Let's do that. Cause I, I think you see that you can see that in some of the shows I've seen where you can tell the group is having fun. Yeah. And that was my, that was the whole point of me being you know, extra for that audition. So do you want, should I tell the rest of the story? Yeah. I want to hear the rest. Of course. So, so I like, Kurt was like, Oh, Emma's group is going up. Like, Oh my God, everybody get ready. Like Emma's going up. So I go up, I was like, wow, I really nailed that. That was amazing. I was so proud of myself. It was one of the best auditions I had ever had. I was like, wow, I really lived up to the white unitard. I patted myself on the back. I was so proud. Then I had to go to my theater to do my show that night. So that night we're all getting ready. Everybody's talking about the audition. You know, the we get our our, call, our five minutes to curtain. So like one person, they start getting callbacks. People start getting callbacks, and I was like, right okay. before your show. Wow. Oh, like right, like during, like during, like the show starting. You have to also understand that like life goes on and Broadway's always happening yeah, except yeah. for a pandemic. Yeah. But um, you know, because we're living in an anomalous an anomalous time right now. I would um, just assume that a callback like that Broadway would know that there's a sh- like hey oh they don't care eight, yeah. eight o'clock on on most nights they're probably going to be busy. Yeah, but they don't care because it's always about what's coming next. You know, that's okay. the industry in general. It's like what's next. So everybody's getting their callbacks. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to get my callback. I was so confident. I was so confident. Like, I received a text from somebody in Bill T. Jones, the company, who's, who went to college with me. We were in a dance conservatory together. I received a text from him that night being like, I heard about you in the cast audition. I heard that you slayed it. Congrats. Like, that was, that's how my audition went. 
that it was getting to the concert dance world. And I was receiving texts about like how, like congrats, you booked it basically. And I was like, Oh, I'm amazing. I'm the best. And I'm funny. I was just, I was on cloud nine. So I'm waiting for my call back, which I was certain that I was going to get. And there's this one part or, uh, I think the show was starting and every single one of the girls in my cast got a call back except for, and I was like, did you get a call back? Did you? Everybody's like, yeah, I got my call back. Yeah, I got my call back. And I, I, I text my agent. I was like, did, have you heard anything? You know, nothing. Sorry. Yeah. It's really weird. I thought I would hear something. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And there's this one part, like right before this one dance number that I always stretch in the back of the stage and like, where people do crossovers and I was stretching with like this beautiful costume and I, you know, it, it was a beautiful moment and I was fully crying. I fully cried. I was so wow. sad. I was crying over my legs, stretching about to go do a, a, a happy dance number in finding Neverland. And cause I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I didn't get a callback. And they, like, I think they said, what did he say? Like, the only feedback was, we just weren't into her. Which is, you know, not helpful. Isn't that that amazing? We just weren't into her. I was like, oh, okay, cool, great. They weren't into me. Okay, fine. Yeah, What 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 a world. It was, I was just so bamboozled my I was bamboozled because I was so I was so sure I was I was just you know I thought that I was uh, Sylvie Guillaume who's like my favorite incredible uh prima ballerina I was I was sure that I got it so cut to like a month later everybody booked like they had all booked cats they were starting the the workshop my friends were all in it I was like super jealous and but I was like whatever I don't care fuck you cats stupid anyways jellical whatever who cares and then I got an audition for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and then I booked Veruca Salt yeah and it conflicted with cats so the moral of the story is always know who you are because they didn't want they didn't want a personality like mine they wanted something different because i came in there you know who who knows who knows it doesn't matter what matters is that i stayed true to myself because i am an idiot and i love making people laugh and being extra so i stayed true to myself and i didn't get the job that i thought that i wanted but because I stayed true to myself and I still put that same fervor and that same extreme extremity into my audition for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I ended up booking a principal role that I got to create in point shoes. And I got to live my ballet dreams. Which I think my, my next question was going to be, which I think you just answered was, would you do anything differently? And no. it's clear, no, that no. you Go right back in. Maybe, maybe that you know, a cat onesie instead of a tiger onesie next time. Yeah, but. next time, next time I'm gonna paint my face. Next time I'm gonna paint my face. I'm gonna get the leg warmers. I'm gonna get the hand warmers. I'm gonna do ears. Just go because because we only have one life to live. I'm not gonna take something so seriously that is so silly 
Because look at the show. It's a silly show. Like, I'm going to take it seriously. What I'm going to take seriously is the work, the technique, and the commitment to the work. But I'm not going to take myself seriously. Because that's just, what's the point? You know, that's why I love drag queens so much. Is because they are committed to what they're doing. And they give 100% in their show. But at the end of the day... They know that they're a man in a dress and they're not going to take themselves seriously because we have to have fun. You have to lighten the mood. So that was my whole lesson from that because I really was devastated that I didn't get a call back. I really, I truly was crying. Those were real tears of, of sadness. Yeah, it has to, it has to hurt. It's definitely <laughs> got to be a tough business. I mean, so I, I, I do love the fact though that like, well, one is that it, it worked out you know, and in the long run, a, a good thing came from it. Yeah. But also there is the, the knowing that like you would do, you'd go back and do it again. It was like, it was, it was a decision that you made and you can live with decision if that was just the wrong decision. Cause that's not what they wanted, but that's still yeah. how you would go back and do it again, which is yeah, cause it's me. all you want. Yeah. It's me. And that's who I am. And like, I, I'm still working on loving myself. You know, as I feel like we all are, we're all on a journey of self-love. But I think that was a huge lesson for me in not um, people-pleasing and just staying true to who I really am and to what to what makes me shine. Because what made me shine was what gave me a role that I didn't even know that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, should in the long run always be better for everybody. Is to yeah. Yeah. So let's, I want to pivot to the show now, but the way I want to do it is I want to talk about your new show. Okay. So I have been watching and I love your character. Oh my God. Um, I can't wait for you to watch the rest because it's only been the first three episodes. Three episodes. I've watched the first three. hardly have seen anything. I know. And your character is also a little extra. So extra. um, Shocking. Super fun to watch. (laughs) Uh, So what I want to do is because I, you know we can when we'll get to my my thesis on the show uh, towards the end and I'll I can I'm curious to hear your take if you agree with me or not but what I want to do is I want to talk about your show I want you to tell me a little bit about it but then you know for anyone who hasn't had a chance to see it yet you know only three episodes in but then I want to go through each one of the main characters and I want to pick out which cat they'd be okay and I've thought I've done enough. I've done a lot more thinking than I probably should admit that I've done about this for who they should be. And I okay. have some, but I want to hear what you think as well. Oh. But first, tell me a little bit, like, tell me more about the show. Tell me about what it's like, how it's been. And for anybody that's listening that hasn't had a chance to see it, like what, what they're going to get. Well, so I'm doing this new ABC sitcom called Call Your Mother. It's on on Wednesdays at 930. Um, it is. It's a it's a a show about an empty nester. Uh, the mom is played by Kira Sedgwick, and she isn't able to reach her son because she's an empty nester in Indiana, I believe. It's, she's, in no, Iowa. It's, she's in Iowa. She's in Iowa. You very Indiana. grateful that it wasn't going to just rain on an Indiana prairie. No, it's in her. Iowa. We can yeah. pick on Iowa today. That's great. <laughs> and she calls her her son. She can't reach him, so she moves or she, she goes to LA spontaneously without telling him and, and then ends up staying in LA because she wants to keep her family together. Cause the dad died when the kids were young. Um, so I play her son's girlfriend 
who's like a social media influencer. She's basically like an alien to to Jean's character, to, to Kira Cedric's character. So she's like the opposite of Jean. She's Latina. She's a social media influencer. She's very outspoken. She's very opinionated. She's very honest. She's very blunt. Um, she knows what she wants. She's a businesswoman. She's very clear. Uh, so they, they kind of butt heads. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's fun. You know, it's a really light show. It's for everyone. I think the, the appeal for, for the show today in this day and age and what's happening in our, in our world is just to bring lightness and joy and laughter and just kind of an escape to everyday life. Cause also the show is set in post quarantine. Yeah. And, and even calls to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the last episode was called quarantine. I think it was yeah. like, it was kind of pe- pulling off of that. I also do appreciate that there are, a wide variety of characters, which means that there's probably someone most like someone in the cast that is relatable. Oh, to every, most yeah. Personalities. There's so many people in the cast that you can relate to and from different walks of life. Like uh, my favorite, I, I shouldn't say my favorite, but I, Hey, I'm, I'm honest. Uh, Sherry Shepard is on the show. She's uh, now a recurring role. She started as a guest. And she plays Jean's best friend. And she's just like such a breath of fresh air just in general in life. I love her so much. Um, but she's she's a great role. She's just kind of like the, the best friend who likes to watch bad TV and wants to critique everything. And she just gives her opinion. And she's just really funny. Um, and Austin Crute play, uh, plays Lane, who's uh, Rachel Sennett, who plays Jackie, is, uh, who's Freddie's sister. He plays the gay roommate that he like, you'll see later on the episodes, he does music and he's really sassy and fun and his own unique person. Um, Everybody's just bringing themselves to the, to the table. And it's like, we all really like each other, which is amazing and doesn't always happen um, in life in jobs. But I'm really lucky that we really are having a lot of fun on like doing this, this show about, reconnecting to family and about joy yeah I, i've thoroughly enjoyed it i mean it's it's three episodes in so i and when we're recording this i i don't know how many we'll have um by the time it's launched but while recording this has been three episodes so i'm basing all of my knowledge off the first three episodes Cute. and i want to hear what you what you think so i'm going to go through each character and i want you to tell me who you think they would be ca- uh, like which cat they relate oh, I'm to i'm going to be bad at this by the way that's okay. okay I've, cool. I've, I've, I'm ready for the, the answers too. So first is um, Jean. Jean, I think she has to be Grisabella, uh, gr- gri- uh, right? Doesn't she have to be Grisabella? In character? I, I had her as Jenny Annie Dots, which is like I, the mom character. Oh, I don't even remember who okay. that is. I'm going to, we might just I'm run so through these. I'm so bad. I, you <laughs> should say them first and then I should just agree or disagree. Okay. Everybody listening to this is going to be like, wow, she's useless. She know You know Victoria, right? I know That's, Victoria. Okay. Okay. So let's go. Who who would be your character? Um, The, um, 
It's the two, the the two like sexy cats who sing this the duet. Demeter and Bomb. Demeter. I think that I think that Celia would be Demeter. Ooh, that's a good. Okay, I actually thought you'd be Victoria. Victoria, but Victoria's too uh, innocent and pure for Celia. So- I, I actually have that written too. So I, I, I agree, I agree with you there, but I also put Grizabella. There's a lot of theories that Victoria is, is Grizabella Grizabella. Was Victoria. Yes. But she went through some stuff. You're right. And so I actually think your character is like somewhere in between those two. Like you're hopefully not going f- too far down that path to Grizabella's <laughs> world, but, but your character well, has a little Celia bit of has that. a lot more sass. I feel like, yeah, yeah which would be which would be bomb and Demeter. So that yeah, does that does she has work. a lot more sass and a lot more confidence. Okay, so let's go to I, I actually I had Jackie, the sister, mm-hmm. placed as one of those two. Really? But she's a little bit more reserved, it feels like. She so is I a actually little had more reserved. She's a little reserved more like, the two. She's a little more um reserved and I don't want to say dorky. That's such a terrible adjective. Um I, I mean, because I also don't want to give away like how her how her character develops in the show on Call Your Mother, but I mm-hmm. think because she has she has depth to her, also like she's not she's not innocent and pure or sexy and confident. So let me tell you the depth of Demeter's character then, because I've spent again. 30 plus episodes thinking about just the storyline of this, nothing else, not the dancing, the singing or anything else, just purely how it was written of a story. And I generally base most of my thought in sitcoms because that's the the, like uh, type of TV I love. I Demeter's characters is in theory, in some versions of this in an abusive relationship with one of the other cats. Yeah. And so there's a lot of depth to that character that doesn't get as much, that's visibility true. into there. So that's kind of how because I have. Because Ron Comstugger is the whole, he's the exactly. abuser. No, it's McCavity. 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 Yeah, yes, 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 yes. It's all coming, screaming back to me. <laughs> yeah. The VHS is is, un- is rewinding into your mind. <laughs> um, I also the did one... see it on Broadway. Okay, so you, yeah, you saw the the revival. And Samantha Sturm, I think, played Demeter, and it was amazing. The, the what about your boyfriend? What about the son, Freddie? I had a lot of trouble with Freddie because I don't yeah. think there's a parallel. There's not. Um, I was thinking Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser are like Emma and Joey's dynamic. Like us in real life, our dynamic is <laughs> Mungo Jerry <laughs> Those- and Rumble Teaser. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Which that's, I actually that's fun. I actually had a director session with John Hooper to play Rumple Teaser for the movie. Really? Fun fact. They um did that as the original British version. They did. And which, so I sang Yeah. I sang the slow one. It was like Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. We're it was a different melody. It was because I I remember asking all my cat's friends to be like what is this melody? And they were like, what? Like, cause it was for the, for the film. It was a yeah. different, I had to like go, I had to have a whole session. It was a whole thing. It was very different. I was not prepared for that. Cause I had, that was my, all my favorite parts when I saw the, the first 
the revival the first time. I saw it twice. The first time I saw it, I knew nothing about it. Walked in, walked out, like mesmerized. Wasn't told anything. Didn't know the history. Never watched the VHS. Oh my just god! Had a, just had an a ticket. Trip. Yeah, and was dead sober, which was a mistake. <laughs> and so I like that was the one song that I sang for like a week. Wow. And then when the movie came and I heard the revival, like You're the like, what? remix version, or I guess it's really it's the, the original. original. It's the original. I was not happy because I was really excited to see how they did oh, that scene. Yeah, they made it different. But I almost I almost booked that. Another almost well, it wasn't almost for the Broadway one. Did you did you wear your your No, white? it was on Skype because he was okay. in England, John Hooper. But do you know what he said? He was like, Andy Blankenbuehler had the best things to say about you. And I was like, Oh, oh he did? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't that funny? Life is funny. It is. It is an interesting. It, it's it's kind of fascinating just how everything kind of sometimes comes full circle. And that was a full circle moment for me yeah. because that and, cat, the Broadway audition really, you know, it was a moment. It was a traumatic moment for me. Yeah, so that was I mean, my redemption. Was I was like, well, I'm going to be in the movie, but then yeah. I didn't get the movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run into rapid fire. Okay. Um. And we'll and we'll lead to kind of the the last my last question, which is I'll give you my argument, but I'd be curious to hear if you want to agree or disagree with me. But first thing is, you who who did you like really? I know you said you wanted to just be anybody, but if you had to pick of choice, which character would you want to play? I I would want to play. I want to play. I want. I have two answers because I do want to do the Victoria solo just because it's such a beautiful adagio. And just the ballerina in me would love to do that. But I think I would want to play Demeter. Now, I want to reframe this question for the rapid fire. What if you just ignore, like, this is my skill set. This is what I'm good oh. at. Like, if I could do anybody, is there? A, would that change your answer? If I could be anybody, I think I'd want to be McCavity. The, the villain. The villain, because that's so fun. Yeah, I could. I feel like and with everything so you've told like, me about you, uh, <laughs> with everything you've told me so far, I feel like you would do McCavity or Rum Tug Tugger, like the rock oh, star. Tugger. Yeah, 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 the rock star. That's that's what right. I meant. That's Tugger. I didn't mean. Oh yeah, you I, would see, be, I always get those two mixed up. I'm terrible, useless. Um, that is, I want to be Rum Tugger. Extra role. The Terrence Mann like. role. Yes, it was Tyler Haynes in the revival. Yeah, Tyler Haynes. Yes. Okay. I feel like yeah, that would be. Yeah, I want to be. I want to be wrong subject. You would. You would have a lot of fun with the personality of doing. Oh yeah. Tonight. What is your favorite and least favorite character in the show? Hmm. Oh my god, I don't know. I think my favorite character maybe is. What's the the little one who sings, like the the mommy What is it? Not Grizabella is the main one. Not Grizabella. Not not the not the old one that sings memory, but the little one who she so, like. So, I it depends on the production I've learned, mm-hmm. but I I think it's I, it's one of the younger. It's one of the, that little yeah. tiny kitten. That she like comes out and then she sings memory like an octave up. It's the cutest moment. And I think it's so precious. And I so love that, that moment. Okay. So that's that's your favorite. What about least favorite? Do you have any way that you favorite? just. I mean, 
I liked the tap number because it was this amazing tapper on the Broadway show, but I could do without the tap number, I guess. Okay. So that's the mom. That's, that's the one that in the movie also gets a little weird. Yeah. You know, I could do without it. Cause I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, again, if you're talking about skill set, skill set, I admired it. I respected it. She was fabulous. But I was like, why? I don't, they're in unitards. I want to see ballet and contemporary dance. I want them in the floor. I want them crouched. I want them on all fours. I want to see dance. I don't want to see no tap. That was just my, <laughs> that's my. I love it. <laughs> I love it because because you, you're coming from your lens and I like, I watch this from a totally different view yeah. as like an outsider, just no, having no idea. don't know anything about contemporary dance. don't know anything about, uh, ballet, don't know about any of this. And I'm just like, that looked hard. And yeah, I was like, so that was hard. cool. It is hard. And that's why I love it so much because you don't understand like these dancers and especially it's a raked stage. The stage is tilted. It's really? a raked stage. So a, a normal Broadway stage is flat, but a rake stage, it comes from the Shakespearean days that to, to give better sound, like in a proscenium, they would, they would, uh, the stage would be tilted down. And so that everybody could see in like an arena. So it was better for optics and for, and for audio if the stage was raked. So it's an old school thing. So whenever you have a raked stage, like in this day and age, it's just evil because it's so hard on the body. Like even walking, even walking on a slanted, on a slanted stage is, is you are prone to injury. So if you are dancing the choreography of cats on a raked stage, the amount of respect I have for those dancers is like through the roof. Like it I never knew that. Phenomenal. And then like, it makes it even more impressive because you see all these things. And if it's like, oh, you're on your toe and it's pointed down, like the stage is pointed down. Like yeah, that's so think about what that on. does to, to their legs. Yeah. Wow. So you learn something new. I know yeah. so little about this anyway. So no, it's these like, dancers I always are the new. best dancers on Broadway, the best dancers in the country. Like they're phenomenal. Well, and that was when I first saw it and the whole premise of this came up. I was very angry at the writing mm. of the story. I'm and sure. I was like, but the like everything else, the singing, the dancing, everything else was like, that looked really impressive. This is like top of their field, really cool, really unique, really different. But I was like, but the story has some flaws. Oh and, yeah, and that and that is where I've kind of. Spent I didn't even all of understand what it was. Like even when I was in the audience at the Broadway stage, I was, I was with my friend, and I was like, "What just happened?" When it ended, I was like, "What?" I didn't even know that she died. I was so confused. Yeah, I mean, they murder a cat to end the show. I was so confused. I was like, "The moon is the moon is coming down." I I was like. What? I also was not sober, so. I wish I was given that recommendation. I was not. <laughs> I was like, what's um, happening? <laughs> okay. Um, last question is favorite song um, from the show. I love the song that Colin did. So with, the, with the train. With the train. I, I loved it just because it was Colin. Yeah, I have, a beef, I have a beef, which I, I discuss with him. And I don't know if his episode I'm will be biased, out. though. Yeah, I don't know if his episode will be out by the time this one's out. So I, I will, I'll save most of my beef for that. I okay, okay, I'll that. have to listen. I'll but have I, to. Um, I, was, I was traumatized by his particular 
the way that they designed the set shined a light into the crowd and it yes. like blinded me. Like oh, it hit me. Traumatizing. And so I remember being like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. And then I was just like, I, I the personally... minute it hit me, I couldn't see. I was like, I was like, I don't like this cat anymore. You were personally offended. So I had a very yeah. long, long conversation with Colin about that. I understand. But I, it is a fun, it's a fun scene uh, in general. It's a fun general. scene. And, it's and cool Colin to see, is just like, so good. Yeah. And, and they build a, they build a train. Like that's cool. That was a big deal. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't know why. I don't know the motivation for it, but I was along for the ride. Well, he's the railway cat. Sure. That's it. That's the whole time. <laughs> That's that's the whole time. There's not a lot else besides that he's a railway cat. That, 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 that number. If, comes I, if I took a cat's quiz right now, I would fail. Uh, I can I can answer one line of questioning only, and that's it. And that's all I know is okay. the story. It's a story. So I, I, the same thing you could say, oh, this person did this, or what's the little offbeat cat who said this? I'm like, I don't know. But I do know that that number was not the way that this should have been. And this okay. is the story here. And this I is what happened. That. And that's my last question, which is I have argued, and the reason this whole thing exists is that I don't think Grizabella should have been the cat to die at the end. She shouldn't have been the choice to die because yeah. it's a reward. I know you probably haven't put any thought into this, yeah. but do you agree or disagree with me? Do you think she I was mean, the right choice? Let's just talk about the lifespan of a cat in general, like an actual cat. Like they live, I had a cat that lived to 17 years. Wow. By that time, it's like, just put the cat out of their misery. You know, I feel like Grisbella was like, she was 18. It was time. It was time. She needed to go. It was with her that, time. Yeah. With that argument, though, that argument is the argument for the character Gus, who is even older. Oh, and like, Gus. Oh, I forgot about him. And he's the number one argument against against her. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely but, right. Yeah. I, I completely I, forgot I about him. There's so many of them. Oh, there's, yeah. There's like 25 characters total, I think. Um, and there's some that are playing multiple, each one's got the songs. I think there's, I, I found that there's like nine that really, I thought were contending for the right to die. Okay. And cause I looked at it as a singing competition. So I looked at it as, do you think that McCavity should die? Cause he's no McCavity's too, too villainous. Like he's he didn't, too, you need him. He's the, he didn't deserve it. Uh, but that. it depends on how oh, you because this is a good it. thing because we want it's a good thing. Yeah. Who, okay. Who deserves the prize. It depends on how you examine it. Most people examine it with Grizabella's the redemption story. True. Or Gus is the older one that's lived his life and should go. Those are the two kind of common arguments. I argued that this was because I saw it with Leona Lewis, the X factor Mm. and it's a singing competition. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to see who had the best performance, who Mm. was the most for me, who did I remember most and that to me was Tugger and Mistopheles. Oh yeah, Mistopheles. And so that is how wow. I argue. I agree with anything you say. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the support. I I, I um I know I've spent more time thinking about this, but I really wanted to hear, and I'm, I'm glad because not only did I get to hear about your your audition, but I also I just love the message behind it, which is like. 
I know what I'm capable of doing. I'm going to go own it. I'm going to go. I, I think I was made to believe by your friend that it was like, I thought I was expecting full cat hair wig. Yeah, well, it's Colin telling tail. the story. So if he told the story, he's like, she was in the White House and then Obama <laughs> came out. Yeah, no, come on. But I, I do love that you just owned the, your truth. That was and, my truth. And went with it and it all worked out. <laughs> In the long run, it all worked out because you're on ABC yeah. now. Because I'm on ABC now, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a white unitard somewhere into ABC just for this podcast, yeah, just please. for this moment. I'm gonna please. like find a way to get me in a white long sleeve unitard just for you, a Mike. Social influencer. Oh yeah. In a go I'm gonna viral. find I'm gonna find that picture of me in the That's white unitard. I of, would of love the Capizio dance store. I would love to include it in the description and everything in this. With this I need episode. to find it. I need you have to. to. I will, I would, that would be phenomenal to to include that to, for the visual for this audio form. Oh my god! So my last question is: How can we find you on social media? Stay in touch with you. Uh, my social media, my Instagram and my Twitter are different. I think it's Emma Kaimaras on Instagram and then it's Emma Sophia Kai on Twitter. I'm new to Twitter. I just got a Twitter like a month ago. Okay. Are you enjoying it? Are you tweeting a lot? You no, know, you- I it's so funny and ironic that I play a social media influencer because, you know, social media is a funny little dimension. But it's it has its purposes and it has its its ups, you know, its pros. But mm-hmm. I just I just I just preferred the the real world. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you for being here and for being on this episode. Um, and thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast Ooh. breaking the cat's catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.